Guys, welcome back to the After Action Review. You guys know me. I'm the world's most okayest Green Beret, Nick Guy. And with me, we have, yeah, I'm going to say it, man. You know what? It's not just, I'm just going to say it. I'm not going to try and, and fluff up my guests, but we have really one of the up-and-coming young uh, journalist sensations, and he's living in a world where those are few and far between because we know how we all feel about the majority of journalists on this program. Julio Rosas, what's going on, man? Yut! Oh, gotta, man. Gotta, gotta start things off strong, you know? Uh, <laughs> chesty, chesty, chesty. No, well, Chesty, Mattis, Dan Daly, uh, and, then, and then Chesty again. Yeah. How about this? You remember your ditties? Who's the grand old man in the Marine Corps? Oh, that's uh, Archibald Henderson, 39 God, years. I, I, thought I, I thought I was going to get you with that one. No, 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 no. You guys know him from, uh, from Twitter. <laughs> you guys know him from Twitter. Twitter. Uh, he's a senior writer at townhall.com, which is a great, great online publication. And he's got bylines with the uh, Washington Examiner and Mediaite. Uh, most recently, and like I had hinted to, this is a big step up because last week you were on Tucker Carlson yeah. and this week you're on my program. So that's a, th you're just moving up in the world. Like oh, you're here, absolutely. you were here, then you were here with Tucker and now you're all the way up here with Nick Guy. Well, absolutely. You know, well, you know, you know how, you know how you, you know, SF guys are. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, so he's also a, a United States Marine, uh, currently serving in the reserves. So he's kind of like me. I, I play the part-time gig as well. So you know how it goes. Yeah, no, I, I love to serve my country, but only on the weekends for two days. And then after that, it's like no more. You don't want to, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to overdose <laughs> on, on the Marine Corps, dude. Yeah, you, know no, what happens, you know what happens when you overdose on the Marine Corps? What? <laughs> You find yourself marrying a, the type of woman who's uh, insists on being called by her husband's rank. Oh, jeez, yeah. Mm. That, that's every brand. Then that's next, every brand. next thing you know, you're buying a, a Chevy Camaro at twenty percent APR, and uh, you got five kids on the way. You got five. We well, got four kids and one on the way. And the final stage is you just getting fat and old and wearing nine line apparel. Well, I mean, this is, this is grunt style. All right. But like, th this is like one of my favorite sweatshirts, but uh, I, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. See, yeah. so don't, so don't overdose. I actually dress for the occasion as well. Cause I know you covered the, uh, a lot of Antifa stuff. So I'm wearing my, my version of the Antifa <laughs> shirt featuring a beautiful Chinook in flight, graceful, gorgeous. And uh, this little guy, he's, he's falling out the back. So yeah. So yeah. yeah. That Cause happens. that's, that's, that's what you, yeah. That, you know, you take him for a little ride. Yeah. Just, just, just for a ride. Yeah. They ride for free. <laughs> All right, man, before we jump into it, I want to talk, we want to talk about the whole Virginia, the, the uh, second amendment protest, because that was big news. But first when you logged out, when you got in here, man, like, you're like, dude, I have this craziest story. Not everybody was on. So just take us through what you told me because yeah, I, yeah. I joke about prepping for this with like the, with the plague doctor get up, but now yeah. I'm starting to think it, 
it's like yeah, it's that meme I sent you. Where it's like you know the plague doctor is like son of a bitch. I'm in for 2020 <laughs> after 1720, 1820, 1920, and all those plagues. Yeah. So apparently, uh, a, a student at George Mason University, which is one of the schools here in Virginia, uh, apparently he came back from Wuhan, which uh, has been a popular name to say in the news recently because of. Uh, of that of that virus and apparently he said that he wasn't feeling well you know like mr stark i don't feel so good uh but and but he's not going to the doctor and he's choosing to self-isolate uh whatever that means and i don't know how i mean does he have a like does he have roommate or roommates like probably I mean, the ones that blew the whistle yeah I, probably yeah and and uh the, the, the school <laughs> sent emails about this kid saying like yeah you know they're he's not going to the hospital and and so uh yeah, no, I don't know, man, because, like, you know, like I had drill this weekend, and we're out in Quantico, you know, in the backwoods, so, like, I know I'm good, you know, for, for a little bit, but then I took the metro to work this You're morning. You're doomed, dude. And so, and so now I'm probably just as exposed as everyone else. You're doomed. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, like, listen, I am really not a fan of the government telling people what to do, but at some point, there's got to be, like, a line drawn in terms of, like, a public health interest and like this, like somebody, the CDC, like coming to this kid's place, putting him in one of those biosphere suits and taking yeah, him to a hospital. Because one, one, if he's not feeling well, like you, you probably need some, like some help. Yeah. yeah. And two, I don't care how self-isolated you are on a college campus. Like eventually you're going to have to come out for air because when <laughs> I was a college student, it's not like I, it's not like I kept enough food in the room to no. sustain, yeah. <laughs> like, and, a and lengthy like, stay. And, and, as you know, like, if someone gets sick in the dorm, everyone is going to get that. Everybody's going to get it. Everyone gets sick. Oh, my it's, God. It's it happens. Everyone comes back from, like, break or whatever, and, you know, from wherever they're traveling, and then they bring their regional diseases back to one area, and then everyone gets it because they're from different places. Oh, that's it's, awful. Yeah, no, uh, I, yeah, so apparently D.C. is next on the list for, for the coronavirus, which is funny because I thought the coronavirus was what you called the hangover after drinking shitty beer. Well, that's what I always thought. And now me personally, I'm a fan of inoculations and vaccines. So I've just been taking uh, like diabetic needles and injecting small amounts of corona right <laughs> into my veins in order oh, to build... Geez a tolerance <laughs> a resistance to i i i'll check the corman i'll check the corman with that one because i don't think that's how it works but uh, well, I, listen uh, what do i know we, i'm a college dropout we we all know what we all know what the corman's gonna tell you <laughs> 800 milligrams of motrin take a knee change your socks and drink water and that's yeah. it no that's that's all i gotta do it cures 90 percent of all the ails of of uh, the military man yeah sucking chest wound <laughs> take some motrin you'll be fine yeah. Oh but, my God. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that on, on the program. It might, I don't know. It might be right in my face. <laughs> yeah, dude. You you were riding the metro. You're you're done for. Listen, it was it was great knowing you. We'll yeah. see. We'll my see first and last appearance on on the on the Nick Guy show. Well, you're coming out on top. If you go out now, like right oh, after yeah. Yeah, appearance yeah. on the after action review, like you're already going out on top. So quit while you're ahead. Exactly. MJ could have learned a lesson from that. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Uh, Michael Jordan, not Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. Oh. 
Okay, I thought, there's, okay you got to be specific. There's two of them. There's two no, of them. The, the, the good one. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, now I feel more comfortable. I feel, I feel more comfortable. Yeah, we're one. just talking about, like, how, you know, like, he left his career, he went out on top, and then he came back and played for the team that he owned. Well, and you know, Michael was, Jackson had a great career, too, and then stuff happened, and then, you know. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you're the subject of a Netflix documentary. And that's HBO. not where that's not where anybody wants to be. That's like his his colleagues are recently Aaron Hernandez and Chinese politicians who implemented the one child policy. So it's it's not that's not a list that you want to be on. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, dude. Let's let's go back. Let's go back to uh, the uh, Second Amendment protests in Virginia. And and I'm yeah. I'm gonna say I, you know, I, I, I very, I publicly advocated. And it was like one of those tweets that kind of blew up and got, I lost control of, and it got started, you know, being shared around and things like that. Or I said, don't go to this thing. Cause it smells like, uh, it smells like a sting operation. Like there's going to be cameras there. There's going to be feds there. There's going to be state police in a state that is turned vehemently anti-gun right. Uh, people showed up, but they didn't actually go into like that, that actual protest area that they had, uh, uh, they did, people did, but like, it wasn't like, it wasn't the majority. The majority of the people were outside the security perimeter, because if you had to go inside, you couldn't bring weapons of it. I think the only thing you could bring was like a pocket knife of like three inches. I think that was like the rule. Okay. That was okay. Uh, Okay, and then just to add a little bit of backstory here, like this, this, this is a yearly recurring yes, uh, lobby day. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lobby day. It's, it, yeah. it basically opens up the public space for citizens to air their concerns to their. Uh, I think in Virginia, you guys have delegates, correct? Like yes, delegates. delegates. Okay. Uh, so, but the majority of people stayed outside the the lobby day area. And they were open carrying, and we all had a bunch of laughs at how how funny their kit looked and how they didn't fit in it. And listen, and and before we go any further, I I will always applaud somebody exercising their Second Amendment rights and advocating for such rights. But I also reserve the right to make fun of a dude who is stuffed into a plate a, a medium sized plate carrier when he's at a minimum an XL, maybe even a double XL. Uh, so. We had we had all sorts of kits. We even we even had a Boogaloo shirt spotting. That was that was exciting. Oh, oh there were, there were a few Boogaloo's. I saw a few guys in Hawaiian shirts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that Aloha wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, know, so but yeah. just take us through your thoughts because you were there on the ground. And yeah. So it, it was so it, it was interesting because you know obviously because like us being DC young youngsters, we 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 went out to brunch the, the day before on Sunday. Oh, that's what yuppies do. Yeah, well, okay, first off, I will defend brunch until my dying day. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I was, uh, since my car finally kicked it, I was taking a ride down with uh, Alex Sears, who's, who's a good friend of mine. And so um, we, we were, you know, we were joking around, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you know, appreciate everyone coming for, you know, Julio and Alex's, you know, last supper before we all, you know, die at this hor- horrendous thing. And, you know, it was all kind of in jest. But, but really, because, you know, I, I, the thing that I point to a lot is, and I mentioned this on Tucker, but like I was at Charlottesville. All right. That was like, that was, I've covered protests prior to that. Um, but Charlottesville was just a whole different beast. And I was completely unprepared because uh, another friend of mine who was at USA Today at the time, 
he invited me a month prior. And he, like, really downplayed it because he was, he was like, oh, it's just Richard Spencer and he's going to talk. And there's going to be a few, like, counter-protests there. I'm like, all right. It's, I think it was, like, a Saturday or Sunday. I'm like, I don't have anything better to do. I'll go to, so I was wearing shorts. I was wearing tennis <laughs> shoes. I, 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 I completely underestimated. What, and I finally get there. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. This is, this is really bad. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my level. That, that's kind of like, you know, my, my measurement of like, okay, has shit hit the fan and things pretty much hit the fan in Charlottesville. And when I got there to Richmond, it was like the cool, it was like the chillest thing ever, both like attitude wise and temperature. It was freaking cold that day uh, on Monday. And so, you know, once I got there, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's just people just walking around and just, you know, just having a good time and having a laugh. And yeah, I know how, you know, people were making fun of. And so don't get me wrong. Some of it was mock worthy because uh, I know that one guy who had a shotgun in his backpack and it's sticking out at oh 45 degrees. Like, yeah, oh. it looked like it was going to just tip on out. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's like and, and it's just like, dude, come on, like you got to you got to secure that. But. By and large, I saw, you know, very, you know, people were being very safe with their firearms. Um, and, re- and, and that's really a testament, right? Because it's not about the weapon. It's about the people behind it. And well, that's what we say. Well, well, yeah. And that's so, not necessarily what the left says. No, well, that's what, well, that's what I mean by like, like we, like us, like yeah. gun, gun rights advocates. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of like in Black Hawk Down, you know, like, oh, this is my safety, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's true to an extent, but obviously, you know, you want to take steps to ensure that you minimize the accidental because, you know, stuff happens. But Go ahead. It, it, it was, yeah, no, it was just, it was, it was very calm, very peaceful. Uh, it, it was totally overhyped and, and just really quick because prior to, you know, the week leading up to that, uh, that event, I was thinking, you know, what was I going to, what was my angle going to be? you know talk about talk to people and you know you gotta go a little bit more than just oh why are you here because everyone's got everyone's gonna ask that question but then when i saw ben collins over at nbc tweet about how this was a white nationalist rally uh on my way to brunch i was in a bad mood at brunch because of that and so right away i was saying oh well there it is that like literally my job to, like the next day was going to be just take all the pictures of the minorities that were at this rally and that's what I did. And because it was such a huge narrative, it was, and it was really, and I wasn't obviously listening to the, 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 you know, the cable networks because I was on the ground uh, there. But when I started to look back at it and I saw some of the clips, I was, it was, yeah, they were saying white nationalists, you know, it was a mix and it wasn't really a mix of white nationalists at all. I saw like three Confederate flags, two of which were, it was like this weird half American flag, half Confederate flag, and the don't tread on me snake right in the middle. And it was just like, do you, do you know history at all? <laughs> like, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, and, you know, the Confederate flag's another can of worms. But, yeah, I saw, so I saw more minorities there than I saw Confederate flags, which is saying something because it is Virginia in, like, the, the capital of the Confederacy. Uh, and then the only clan robe i saw was governor northam's yearbook picture that they had on protest signs <laughs> that was only that. like I, like i can honestly say that was the only clan robe i saw and so dude, dude. it was it was just this overhyped nonsense of a bunch of people you know clutching their curls at or pearls at the side of oh you know there's ar-15s and there's gonna be people 
it's automatically going to be bad. And what, and, you know, thankfully nothing happened, but you, you know, on the ground, it was, I, I felt completely fine. And I, and I can't say the same. And I said this, like, I can't say the same when I was in Portland or I was in Milwaukee recently. And, you know, things got really tense there when they, when those counter protesters and Antifa showed up to that Trump rally and all the other protests I've been to, like, this was like the most safest, you know, protest I've ever been at. Well, I think, especially among like gun owners, I honestly, like it, there, there's really no, there's really no stereotype for a gun owner. Like if you go to, if you go to the, if you, I mean, no, I mean, obviously stereotypes exist, but. Right. Well, I'm I'm saying like in, and because obviously I'm on the coast, right. So there is a stereotype and actually I, I forgot who, it was like the New York times or, the Washington Post, there's an op-ed saying, like, you know, the, the stereotypical gun owner, like, you know, the white man with the gun. Uh, so, like, there is a stereotype to the East Coast bubbles. but Yeah, I, but, like, anything else in, in, you know, in, you know, that coastal elite society, the, mm, yes, flyover states kind of society, like, those, those two, I mean, they, they exist, and let's face it. I mean, there's. I mean, let's just look at the photographic evidence. Most of those, most of the people oh, yeah. there were no, were white males. Yeah. But listen, like, it was a good mix, though. But like, yeah, and and honestly, like, if you go to, if like, if you go to the range, uh, maybe not like on a weekday, because those are those are going to be your serious guys. Like, if you go to the range, like on a on a Saturday afternoon, you, I, I think most people would be shocked. People that don't go like to the range would be shocked how diverse the crowd is yeah seriously like like gun ownership span and it's dude it spans political boundaries as well i mean i know plenty of i know plenty of left-leaning people that that you know own firearms and and train well i'm not gonna say regularly but semi-regularly regularly but like so that you know it kind of it transcends that. Like it's a political issue, just like other hot button issues like abortion or immigration. Like there's, I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely not a monolith. No. And, and, and actually that's interesting that you brought up because that's actually kind of a good thing to segue into with that vice reporter. When I, <laughs> that vice reporter who was the, the whole point of that, video because here's the thing i i like vices like overseas videos like that's the thing that i think they do really well not necessarily like they're on well they haven't i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in here and then we gotta get back to this because this yeah. is an important point but yeah. dude they i think they used to be good they were they they were doing like hard hitting like isis stuff like yeah. back before isis was really a thing they embedded like i don't know how vice was able to get an embed with isis but they did yeah, and or they were publishing like, like found footage from GoPros from fighters and things like that. Like that's yeah. that's like that's good journalism, dude. They did a they did a documentary on some cannibal warlords in yeah. Sub-Saharan yeah. Africa. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, this is this is like, well, it's not a good it's not a good topic. Like it's a sad story, but this is like really good. It, they lost it, man. Yeah, they're they're getting back into it, and that's okay. and that's how I discovered that's how I discovered this video because I've I've kind of been on a binge. Like they did a lot of good stuff on uh, the illegal oil fields in Africa and all that. Like they they've done they've done a lot of good stuff recently, and that's why 
I then stumbled upon this video that they made about smart guns and how, you know, this is supposed to, this is, you know, using technology to prevent accidental starts. And the video starts out with the, the guy, Brian Anderson, talking to a mother who lost her son because he was over at a friend's house and they found a gun and the friend shot him and it killed him. And I was, and yeah, like that's sad and that's tragic. And then he goes to a gun store owner, I believe. And he, ta and obviously the gun store owner is like, no, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't trust guns, like smart guns and technology and all that. But then he goes to the ATF, like uh, vault, like their giant vault where they store all these types of firearms. And he, he, the video, as he's narrating, he, he's actually shown like firing shotguns, firing handguns. And then also handling the weapons that are in the vault. And so, and right away, the first red flag, he gets handed a gold-plated AK-47 and it had a mag inserted. Jack's hot. Right away, right away, his finger went automatically to the bank switch. Right away. And, and I was, I'm like, oh, no, like, that's not a good sign. At first, and, and then he gets handed a Tommy gun, you know, back in, like, 1920s and gangsters and all that. And then that's with when, the drum mag, by the way, like the, the cool mag, ones. And I, in my tweet, I accidentally said drug mag because I was so infuriated. <laughs> uh, and so he then he then shows sweeping towards the cameraman and then pulling dry firing on his buddy. And I was like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Now, also, now here, keep in mind, I also blame the alphabet boy who was there because. Automatically, the first gun that was shown, and obviously I don't know what order it was because he could have done the you know AK first or the Thompson first. But you know if he showed the AK first, and you know he should have said, "Hey man, don't point, you know, don't put your finger on the on the trigger." You're like, "Don't do that." And, and but then also because, like I said, it showed video of him shooting guns at the vault, and so I'm thinking he had to go gone through a safety brief. But then again, it's the ATF, so I don't. It, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's the government. They might have not. I don't know. You, you, you never know when a dog is going to roam into the ATF office and you need to be ready to take care of it. <laughs> I mean, you're not, I mean, yeah, no, you're not wrong. No, man. And so, but, and so, and so, and so, yeah, it was, it was just, and, and it didn't occur to me until people pointed out later after I posted that, that clip, because obviously I was seeing that because they decided to keep that in the video. Cause they, they were probably thinking like, oh, ha ha, look at this cute, like he just, oh, he accidentally, you know, shot me, you know, this is kind of funny. Like they left that in there. You know, if I were to all of a sudden one day become a dumbass, I mean, I could be one now. And I took video of myself dry firing on my buddy. You know, I, I'm not going to post that because I would rightfully be just put through the ringer online like people did to that Brian Anderson. Um, and, and so it was just like, what the hell? So Vice is getting good, but they still have a lot of uh, room to work with, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, they were there, and then they were here, and I hope they kind of climb back up because I, I really enjoyed the stuff they were putting out in, like, 2013, 2014. Yeah, um, no, no, absolutely. But, but going back to that video, man, like, it, if anything, like, a pro-Second Amendment dude can literally – make the argument who says and he can say or she because there are plenty of I, i'm not being sexist here but any second amendment advocate can point to that video and say this is the reason it's it's ignorance it's it's not knowing 
these kinds of things. Like you're like on the video it was, it, it didn't just cut to him holding this thing. It cut to this dude handing it to him. And like, instead of saying like, listen, every time you, you take control of a firearm, you need to clear the firearm. Like, they, they, like that's basic stuff. Like somebody, if I don't know that chamber is empty, the first thing I'm doing is clearing the firearm. Like that's it. Yeah. It didn't happen. So that just shows the ignorance of, of, uh, what is it? Brian, Brian, uh, Brian, I think it's like Brian Anderson or something. It like doesn't that. matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but that's what it comes down to, man. It's ignorance, dude. Like seriously, like I, I, one of my most, one of my favorite things is taking people who think that guns are evil or they are inherently dangerous. And I like taking them to the range. It's one of my favorite things to do because yeah, it's an eye opener. It's about it, education. You got it. And dude, we didn't have stories of like uh, where this vice piece started off with like the tragic death of a, of a, of a young kid who was killed because he and his buddy got into his buddy's dad's, you know, self-defense gun and accidentally killed him. Like, dude, first off, we don't, we used to teach like firearm safety in public schools. Yeah. And, and things like this did not happen. It didn't like these negligent discharges. Well, you know, they say there's no such thing as a neg. There's no such thing as an accidental discharge. There's only such thing as a negligent discharge. But when, when kids are curious about firearms and somebody is, is tragically killed. That's an accidental in my, in my book, but that's because they didn't know what they were. They, they didn't know what they were, what they were fooling around with. Yeah, They had an idea, right? Because they're, well, yeah, but to them, it's just, it's just, right. a, it's just a cool, Hey man, like you want to see my dad's gun and it's like, Oh yeah, dude. And then next thing you know, they're, they're fiddling with it and a round goes off and a you know a kid is dead and it's it is tragic it is yeah. yeah um but we because we have stigmatized firearms the these things happen if you remove the stigma if you educate people like i said the same way i can i can take uh, a hardcore leftist to the range and show them look i will i will i will load this rifle i will load this very scary ar15 i will chamber around and I'm going to place it on this table, and it's just going to sit there. It is not inherently evil. It is not inherently dangerous. It's the same thing that has to happen, man. It's, it's unbelievable. I think, I think we, we're just doing kids a huge disservice by, by making guns out to be the scary thing that, that is super taboo and things like that. Because when they run across it, because kids are curious, kids are stupid. We know kids are stupid. I was, oh, yeah, I, you know, I was, I was, I was stupid when I was eight nine years old and if if given the opportunity to fiddle around with a gun and i didn't know what i i didn't know the potential for you know something bad happening you know i would have done the same thing so and these are all these are all avoidable deaths or they're tragic each and every single one is tragic but they are all avoidable and a piece like that does not help their cause, dude. I literally, I, I stopped I, watching. I stopped watching the documentary because all. I mean, it started out like the 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 informative aspect. And, you know, started out good, and then right, and then because it was like it was like forty minutes, I think, and that was like ten minutes in, and right away it's just like, well, clearly this guy 
does not know anything, or, or if, if he did learn it from the ATF guy's hopefully safety brief, he clearly did not retain it. And, oh, yeah, and then that's my favorite part, too, because the ATF guy just he, – he still lets him hold the weapon after that dry fire on his buddy, and he's just, he's just kind of like, uh-huh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, dude, like, take that weapon away from him. Like, clearly he's unable to safely handle that. And, first, I mean, you know, thoughts and prayers to the camera guy. Jeez. God, like, dude, yeah. that, that was a serious butthole pucker like moment. Oh yeah, like you hear the click of that that hammer dr- or that uh, firing pin shooting and, forward, and I was like, oh my right god, it's right at you. <laughs> like you, you can just, yeah, you can all yeah, you know. Well, first off, you you know what they say about assumptions; it makes an ass of you and me. Yeah. But you know, yeah, you're in like the ATF's vault of classic firearms. That's what Brian thought. He's like, oh, this, there's no way there's, this is freaking loaded. But dude, yeah. weirder things have happened. Oh yeah. No. And, and, and that's what I say. That's why I do blame the, the alphabet boy because he, he even just, I mean, just even having the mag inserted, yeah, you, know, you don't, you don't need that. You know, you, you, you don't need that. You're not firing it. So we take the mag out, you know, I'm sure he cleared it. But still, just I don't know. Maybe he was still just trying do. to really. He was just trying to really impress the dude. I don't even know. even he even 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 the alphabet boy. You could see on his face when that oh, happened. Yeah. Like you could see, he's like, oh no, what did I just do? Like, but right, but he right, but he should have away. He should have had more of a reaction than just having a cringe face. Having cringe. Yeah. Hey, no, absolutely. Funny. Slap the gun away and then slap the dude. Like, yeah, like, I, it's not. It's not difficult. I, oh yeah, so, so yeah, so when I saw that, I was just like, oh, and and so and here and here's the thing. Going back to Virginia, I, I did not. Now, obviously, I wasn't everywhere, so I can't say this never happened. But I was all over the place, and I did not see a single dry fire of any kind of weapon. That's. Uh, but right away, and and uh, Amber Athey, she she posted <laughs> the side by side of the Vice's article about this dangerous second amendment rally descending upon richmond and then just that still of, of, of brian having the thompson right in your face dude and so, it, oh god and 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 of course that's just that's just another list in a long line of just media screwing up firearms and 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 that that just goes back and this is where it's important to have because Stephen gutowski over at the free beacon he is he's an awesome reporter um but you know he's just very knowledgeable about firearms and that's why he fits in perfectly but he is literally just one guy out of the entire media apparatus, which is big, right? Because it's all over the country. And I'm sure there's other good people too, uh, but there's just not nearly enough of them because, and one of the things that he pointed to, and I think it's really true because they view guns in like the, in like the crime category, right? So usually when you're talking about firearms, you're doing it in the context of crimes and, and, and them being committed in bad ways. And so automatically it, it, set, it sets the topic of firearms in that negative light because, I mean, yeah, it does happen, obviously. But, you know, to flip that over to then point to, you know, good self-defense stories and just going to SHOT Show, uh, Matt Vespa, who's my coworker at Town Hall, he, he just went to the SHOT Show, had a great time. Obviously, he lived amongst those, you know, thousands of firearms and all that, went to Range Day, and the media just needs to have more of those people because it is a culture. It, it, it's a gun culture, right, in the country. And so and it's, it's really – It's not going to change, dude. I, I, I know it's wishful thinking. I know that. And because the media 
as a whole is very, very terrible. And not just, obviously, not just in the firearms category. But, I mean, and that's just saying, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to fix it. But that right there is an easy problem to fix, is you hire somebody that's knowledgeable in firearms, and you're already halfway to the solution when it comes to the media covering that topic. I know, I know, I know it's not as easy in terms of the execution, but the, 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 the actual, like, it's just, it just takes the will of them. And unfortunately, you're right, because the Washington Post is headquartered right in downtown D.C., which is, you know, yeah, technically they have concealed carry, but you can't take it into a government <laughs> building. You, you can't take it into be- a government building or a place that has alcohol and that's like 80% of the buildings in D.C. is either Dude, government you, buildings or bars. And, and so, you better be a sitting U.S. senator, if, like a sitting <laughs> U.S. senator, if you have any hopes of, despite, despite McDonald v. Chicago, in which the D.C. handgun ban was rolled up. I don't have the, the case law in front of me, but a, a, a congruent case about gun rights uh, dealing with, with uh, the District of Columbia was rolled into well, you got Heller v. D.C., but, you know, yeah, Heller v. D.C. And, and that was – Heller v. D.C. Was, was about AR-15s. It was. Yeah. Now, you have McDonald v. Chicago, which is right. a landmark case, and it kills me because it, it was literally a landmark decision, and it changed nothing in terms of laws. It really didn't. Like, it came down from the highest court in the land, and it changed nothing. I McDonald mean v- – it, it didn't, it didn't, because, because for, because Illinois was one of the last places when it came to strict concealed carry policy. And, and that, that did help ease it off. Now, obviously it's Illinois and it sucks when it comes to gun laws. Uh, but you're right. The, the, the changes from that case should have been a lot more than what the actual result was. It did because the case law was very clear. It went beyond just the handgun ban within the city limits of Chicago and if, if, if guys back home aren't listening, and I'm going to nerd out here because with, with what I studied in college, because I thought I was going to be an attorney, I did a lot of pre-law courses, including some constitutional law. And disclaimer, I am not a constitutional law scholar. I am not. It's not like you I are, have an LLM. It's not like I'm uh, a JD, but it is something that I am, I, I, I at least know a little bit about. And, and McDonald v. v uh, City of Chicago was a case that I studied very closely because it interested me. Um, but I, I also did a lot of writing on it, but it was a landmark decision that, that said the, the second amendment is such an inherent right. It is such an important right that it trumps any sort of state right. So the States can be like, Oh, this is state rights. And typically it's the right wing that goes, Oh, it's state rights. But the Supreme Court said it is a right so inherent that it trumps any state or local municipality law. And it did so via the 14th Amendment through the Due Process Clause and slash or, as brought in by the majority opinion, the uh, Privileges and Immunities Clause. So basically you had this law come down from this and, and it didn't say like, Oh, all guns. Like it's not like, it's not to the level where I personally, who's a second amendment absolutist who thinks that I should be able to own a sloop of war with, you know, 28 deck cannons to conduct my own privateer operations <laughs> or put a two forty in the bed of my truck. Like that's what I think. But 
it didn't go that far, but it said, listen, this is a, this is a right so inherent, so important that it outweighs everything else. And it does so via the 14th Amendment and, and, and the due, you know, uh, due process and the privileges and immunity clauses. But that's a law that hasn't been implemented. Like that, that is a ruling from the highest, and that just goes to show how controversial the Second Amendment is. That is a ruling from the highest court in the land. And still, you have a state like Virginia who goes, yeah, right. Yeah. Watch us. Yeah. And, and, and then you look at California, look at New Jersey, uh, Illinois yeah. still, and, and in certain aspects. And so you're right. And that's, and that, and that's why I agree with you, because the, the, the effects of it should have been more coming out of that case. But there's just that just shows the, the will of the people electing these people you know, to represent them and they're willing to buck that system. And obviously it's not just limited to the second amendment in terms of, well, this is how it should be, but in actuality you practice wow. because I mean, that's, that's, that's the good and bad thing about America is how those things can kind of turn out. And, you know, and, and obviously in this case, it's not good uh, because, you know, this, this is, this is an important right. And this is something that people hold very near and dear for good valid reasons. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, uh, good God, McDonald VTC said, "Listen, it is literally the right that that protects every other right." Yeah. Um, so you know that's it is what it is, but that's that's where we, you know, God, that's where we are, and just you know, in the current discourse in American politics, it's well it's ridiculous, dude. If if the boogaloo does does pop off here in the state, you you can you can bet I'm going to be embedded with uh, with with the boys. Over there, reporting on yeah, it. man. How much? How much? How many Hawaiian shirts do you own? Uh currently uh, z- zero. I, I did have a few Hawaiian shirts in middle school because I had no sense of fashion. Uh well, first off, I still don't. First off, Aloha wear is the highest of fashion. Well, yeah, but only for the boogaloo. No, no. Tommy Bahama is always a valid, valid fashion choice. Okay, oh. well. This is this is where this is where my this is where my this is where my DC elitism is going to show because it's all gingham shirts, man. It's all it's all this navy blue gingham shirts with the navy blue chinos. That's how that's how I roll. No, no, no. You got you got up you got to up your fashion game, guy. No, I'm going to in the first look, step. I will, look, I will look. I like I said, if this pops off, I will gladly change uniforms and and do it, that. And it, that it, I'm just saying, man. At this at that point, it might be too late. Like you're going to the mall to go to Tommy Bahama. You're like, hey, I need some shirts to rock out, and they're like, uh, I'm sorry, sir, we're in civil unrest. The store is closed. <laughs> and then you're too late. And then then you show up and you just look stupid. In, in, in my. In, <laughs> In my five eleven tactical pants and oh god, stop it, stop it. Hey, look, that's what I wear to all the protests. All right, I need something like ever since, like I said, I show up to I show up to Charlottesville in shorts and cargo shorts, and I, I uh, all right, I got you're a minority showing up to Charlottesville. Yeah, like what, what like what did you expect, man? Like what you got shorts on? Like what happens if you need to spring into action and use a little McMap to karate chop? Well, first, okay, like a white well, supremacist, off, like. First off, I'm a tan belt, so like that that, <laughs> that that level is like barely enough to like just get your ass beat and not die. So you need to it, you need to get like a black belt with three tabs in order to actually learn anything like, worthwhile. <laughs> but that's why I got my K bar. So you know that's I'll I'll just I'll just rely on that and just you know slash at the air and hopefully I hit somebody 
that's trying to attack me and hopefully I can go home. And you don't hit like another journalist like covering it. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. Well, see now, now there you go. Cause now it's conservative media literally attacks the mainstream. Media. Yeah, literally. Now the media is under attack. Now it's, now it's really white, oh. white supremacists. Oh, oh. Rosas yeah. kills. I've been, been kind of laughing at all the, the journalists uh, complaining about the press pens in the Senate. <laughs> Oh, because, dude, that's been amazing, dude. They're they're so salty about they're it. They're like they're like actually, and look, I I I get it because, like for example, I was able to walk alongside Ohan Omar to ask her why she supports sanctions against Israel but not Iran, and I was able to make you know I was able to write a story about that because I was able to walk alongside of her. Uh, but obviously, the flip side of that is then, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like I I understand it, but then. They, they, they take it too far because they take themselves way too seriously. And, th- and that's, that's one of the other problems with media is that they view themselves as this last bastion of truth. And obviously, freedom of the press is important. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not. But it's just it, like so much smoke has been blown up there. You know what? To you know, all these people, fawn, fawn, you know, fawning over them, and you know, oh, orange man, bad, protect us with you know our paid subscriptions, I guess. And it's just kind of like, like, it's not that hard to be a journalist, and it's just you know, you got it, like, they're gonna walk by, if they're not gonna ask, if they're not gonna answer your question, if they're if you're standing still, then guess what? They're probably not gonna a- answer the question if you're going to walk alongside them, because eventually you will reach a point where you can't follow them anymore. And, and then dude, like I just saw today, like footage of Ted Cruz coming out and speaking with oh, us. Yeah. And yeah. like, he was trying to answer questions and it was just a disaster. Like they just, and, like, and they hounded him. Like you, you finally get the opportunity. Like you've been complaining. And again, I know, hold on. I know for a fact, I have journalists watching this. And if you're watching this, you're one of the journalists I actually like. But, like, you spent the last week and a half complaining about how your, your First Amendment rights, your, your right to the free press, was literally being stamped on, stomped on by a fascist regime. And then finally, like, they come out and they, they take questions. And then they just – they botch it, dude. Like, instead of just asking, like, orderly questions, like, every time Cruz tried to answer – and by the way, big shout out to Ted Cruz's beard because I think that's a phenomenal look. I think it makes him look a lot less like the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> but he comes out there with his big, beautiful beard, and he's trying to answer questions. And it turns in it turns into a circus, man. It's like and then, and then one like of them White brought- House press briefing, like, but it's not a press secretary. It's a sitting U.S. senator. He's not trained to handle. And- you know, and, and, and just one of them brought up his kid talking about, well, shouldn't your kids be in jail? It's like, well, first off, they're nine and 11. Like, what? What? You seriously? Like, seriously, that, like you finally get your opportunity and then you just totally 100% botch a galoop it. That's yeah. that's what they did. Yeah. And I, I and, and that's why people hate the media. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm going to kind of go against the grain with, with some people a little bit. But I, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Trump saying enemy of the people. I'm fine with them saying fake news because it happens a lot. And, and I remember when he first started saying that, like back in 2018, I, I think, or late 2017, I was like, all right, that's like, that's taking it way too far. But then you look at Nick Sandman, you look at the Des Moines Register, 
and that whole debacle with um, Carson King. Now, and now, and obviously, this, this is very latest, like literally today, of, you know, Ted Cruz talking about Hunter Biden, who's in his 40, 49 or something, has jacked up his whole life, because, and he's been able to get away with it because his dad is a prominent politician. The dude, the dude and, popped hot for cocaine while he was in the yeah. Navy. Yeah. And he's not in prison. Like, what? Yeah. And, 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 he's, and Ted Cruz is saying, hey, all of this is wrong. And then this guy, and I believe, if I know who it is, because I saw his name being floated around as the guy who asked it, if I know who it is, then he, the guy's a total liberal hack. And we got to talk about the bracket later because he should definitely be on the bracket, especially <laughs> after that. Wait, uh, comfortably smug bracket? Liberal, Hack madness bracket, yeah. Uh, we got to talk about that. Uh, but and, and then you're going to ask – and then you're going to compare Hunter Biden to two little girls? It's <laughs> like, seriously? Those aren't even comparable. Like, like, get back to me when one of them is on the board of a company who, who he shouldn't be on the board in the first place. He has no expertise. Get, get, once they start that, then you can come back to me. But we still have 30 more years until, you know, until we can even – even again to broach. So if I know who it is, then it's, it's dude. And, and Burisma was bad news, man. Like when, when Russian oligarchs are like, Oh, we're steering clear of Burisma. Like we steer clear when <laughs> that, Russian oligarchs, oligarchs are like, us. we're not giving them our money. That should be a huge red flag because Russian businessmen who are tied to the Kremlin are notoriously fast and loose with how they treat like government connected businesses and businesses that are that have significant you know power pool and interest in strategic resources like natural yeah. gas that's a strategic resource oh yeah and uh i mean say what you want about hunter biden man when he was pictured he got he was just pictured today in that beautiful porsche panamera gts man it was gorgeous Earth. he's got Earth. phenomenal ta- he's got phenomenal taste in cars he's got his 24 year old pregnant girlfriend i he's definitely not he's definitely doing nothing about that that uh kid in arkansas in arkansas but uh he's he's listen you just ignore ignore those problems until they go away dude he's he's got brunch to to eat at the waldorf he is definitely not one of us all right us brunch people we have standards Listen, Eggs Benny or Eggs Benny. I don't care where you go. Like, you got bottomless mimosas and Eggs Benny. You can't say, oh, I'm not one of those brunch people. Uh, well, and, and because apparently that's where he's at in L.A. And Because uh, I've been to the mall. This was, what was it, thanks? Chris, no, it was Christmas time. When he was spotted, he was taken with, with his pregnant wife at, at an outdoor mall because that's, like, you know, a big thing over there. And I've been to that mall, and so I was really upset. I was like, oh, dang it. I could have, I could have you know, staked out that mall that I've been to and, you know, ask him where he's been and, and all that. But I think it was like New York Post got it or something like that. And so I was, I was a little upset. But next time I go back to L.A. I, and that, that, that – look, I, I, I've, I've learned to appreciate certain aspects about Los Angeles. You know, like, like the I haven't. Is the uh, – the nature trails along the mountains and stuff. Like I actually really enjoy that. Uh, but then I look at, you know, gas in Santa Monica and the chief is like four ninety nine. It's like, all right, all right, let's, let's chill out here. Um, but yeah, no. So it, it's, it's, it, it's just crazy. It's like that, that whole ordeal 
is just absolutely is absolutely nuts, and it's only going to get way worse uh, as as election season uh, goes on. So hope hope the Bidens are ready for that. I don't know, man. I don't I don't think I don't think Uncle Joe's ready for that, man. He's he he's garbling his words right now. He's tired. He's dude's, just, the dude's like eighty years old, man. Let the guy rest. He's earned it. Orange man, bad. You gotta stop him. <laughs> like, let let get the guy a break. Like, his eye tired. His eye pops yeah. on live TV, dude. And then today he he like gave some answer. Like he was in Iowa stumping, and he gave some he gave some ridiculous answer. Like the words did not go together. He just like pulled words from the air and put them together in a sentence, and it made zero no. sense. Like. Oh, he's I, not I ready for this and if they're and, and honestly if they're going to keep playing the witness game in the senate like hunter biden is definitely oh yeah, I, he's I, definitely getting subpoenaed i don't know if he's going to show up because my understanding of it is like it's it's well maybe for an impeachment it's different i'm not like i said i'm not i'm not an llm i'm not a jd so i'm not an expert but it's like that's a uh, that's a subpoena of Congress. Like you don't have to show up. They'll find you in contempt of Congress, but that's not a real thing, you know. So like, all right, the the Senate subpoenas him and says, "Hey, you're you're mandated to show up to testify." Like I'm pretty sure he can just say no. No, uh, I mean he's he's flubbed the law in other ways. So you know what's one more in his belt? <laughs> <laughs> it, listen, man, he had sweet lines to rail while serving in the united states navy as a jack too wasn't he a jack i oh i don't i don't know i mean maybe i i, he, I mean he's an attorney by he, trade he, so maybe officers man they're they're a whole they're a whole different breed i you know it, it's weird they're usually fat not not him though because clearly he was he was busy yeah, he yeah dude he had a he had a lot of energy dude yeah he had a lot of energy whole, to burn he had off. a whole lot of energy yeah no, um, um, but so so have you have you filled out one of Condoleezza Smug's uh, liberal hack uh, brackets? No, because I don't. I try not to pay that close of attention. I have like my favorites that I go to for my for my giggles. Like Brian Seltzer is one of the one of the main sources of joy in my life. It, he really is. Uh, I he, I I have I have a soft spot for him. Like, look, I will obviously, you know, call him out when when he's because. I remember, like for like one of them was uh, the Jesse Smollett case because he was saying like, "Oh, well, we don't know what really happened that night." Like, we'll never, like, we'll never know. And it's like, well, "Well, hold up, hold up." There's like, there's these two brothers. We have Jesse. Like, like there's people involved. Like, you know, this is not just some random person. For me, dude. For me, Brian's. I love Brian because he had Avenatti on all the time and he was asking, he was seriously asking Avenatti about uh, a 2020 2020. bid. Like it it wasn't like just gaudy talk. Like they had serious discussions on air about Avenatti being the savior of the democratic party and the savior of the, of the Republic and, and making a serious run in 2020. And then it just came out in court documents, literally just came out this week that Avenatti was basically he was basically Googling what, uh, what, uh, mon- uh, extortion insider, was. insider trading was. Oh yeah. And the yeah. guy's an idiot. Like the guy was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to conduct coercion and insider trading that he's a, he's an attorney who deals Allegedly. with contract law who, you know, he got caught up in the whole stormy Daniels thing, despite being a litigator or anything like that. But the guy is so stupid. He's literally, he's literally Googling what is insider trading like dude 
And then Stelcher's got him on, and Stelcher's got to tangle up his leg for this dude. And it, it was a disaster, man. So some of these guys, like, no, I have not filled out a bracket because I took a look. I took a look at the field, and I was like, I, honestly, I don't know who half these people are. Um, well, I try well, not to live in a bubble. I try not to live in a bubble. I like getting my, my you know, news from all over the place. But that doesn't mean for a second I'm going to sit down and waste my time watching MSNBC or CNN. Like, I, I'd rather get that left slant from the Washington Post or the New York Times. New York Times, yeah. Like, I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to watch left-leaning cable news. And honestly, I don't really watch right-leaning cable news besides, um, I like Gutfeld's show because Ter- Terry Shafford shows up on there and Terry just, he tickles me right where I itch. He really does. <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, because that's how, like, that, that's kind of how I started to get big on Twitter was, what was, because I started, because, you know, I just started out on uh, Twitter account in high school and, uh, and no, I didn't tweet out anything dumb. Like in my that, that that's the thing I never really got is like because when I got a Twitter and Facebook my my parents and obviously common sense told me like hey this is the internet don't post anything that's just dumb don't do that and 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 so I I I barely I barely use it and then I so then when I started working in journalism and then I thought and then that's when I saw okay this is a you know this is a, this is a good tool to have to you know, do stories and, you know, you know, cultivate and, and, and report on things so that people can see it. And so protesting and covering those protests is how I started to gain a following a little bit. And then it was uh, uh, last year when I started to really uh, cover cable news and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of how it's just kind of uh, progressed. But yeah, no, it, it's really, it's really interesting because I will often watch stuff on MSNBC or CNN and someone will say something, and I've just heard it so many times in different ways that it does not like register with me that what they just said was absolutely crazy. Because I've heard it, like, I've heard it so many times. And then I'll, I'll see someone else post that clip, and everyone's going crazy. And I'm just thinking, wait, wait what? Like, really? That's that's crazy, to you guys. And and th- that's just like I've been so just like inoculated or just desensitized to what these crazy people are saying. And so I really, whenever I hear something, I have to like really think it over and like, is this, is this just absolute nonsense or is it just like kind of par for the course, which sometimes is the same thing. Dude, in my, in, where I'm sitting, all pundits are clowns, except for me. Like if somebody oh, well, were to be like, well, Hey Nick, you should, you should show up, you should show up on cable news and offer some punditry. I'd be like, yeah, finally some good content. <laughs> Right. I have hot opinion. takes, man. I got, I got, my takes are so hot, but, yeah. uh, the other pundits, not me, other pundits, they're clowns. Am I, am I a pundit now? Cause I, I was just on Tucker's show. So I don't I don't know if that makes me a pundit now. I mean, you, but you were reporting though. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, and, that, and, that, and that's the thing too. Cause like I, I specifically, because when, when I joined town hall, they, they, they asked me like, what is it, what do you want your job title? to be and I said well I want to be a writer because when I was at the examiner and and I and I get it because like when you say reporter and journalist and obviously it's gotten less as as time has gone on but at, the, at its core it's you're you're just reporting what's happening and that's the approach I take whenever I go to Antifa protests because I'm not one of those guys who who wears a MAGA hat and has all these GoPros on me and tries to get in people's faces you're like no you're you're being you're making an ass out of yourself if you want to do that, like, that's fine. But that's not how I roll. 
and that's why it's always interesting when Antifa has attacked me because literally all I was doing was like recording them doing shady shit. That like yeah. that's like and, and obviously they don't like that because you know they're you know whatever. So when I was running town hall, I'm like, well, I don't want to be a reporter. I don't want to be a journalist because I'm a, I actually can have an opinion. I can actually voice that opinion in, in print and when I, whenever I do interviews, because I couldn't do that at the examiner. They don't want reporters giving an opinion. I totally get that. Because there is an editorial side and there's an opinion side and, you know, let them have all the opinions. And so that's why, and so that's why I choose, that's why I choose, that's why I chose writer because that, you know, I'm, it's true. I'm a writer and I can, I can, I can report on things, but then I can also give my take on what I just saw too. And so, but, and so, but if I chose reporter, then that, that does give the connotation of that, you know, that that's objective. And yeah, all reporters should strive to do that, but it's, it's, that's just something that they don't do or they, they try to frame it. And, and honestly, the, the big thing with media bias and, and the problem with media it's not necessarily what they put in or making stuff up like fake news. Yeah, it happens, but that's not, it's about framing. It's all, it's like, if you go to any, you know, Covington or any of the big media mess ups, it's not about making things up. It's about how they frame it. Because if, if you frame things a certain way, you can make it look at like anything you want it to. And so the big issue I have is, is how media organizations, because it's always like with pounce, right? You know, conservatives pounce. It's that you're making it seem like, like that, because it's like, oh, conservatives pounce on this Democrat saying something dumb. It's like, well, well what, shouldn't the story be the dumb thing the Democrat said? Shouldn't that be the thing that you're focusing on first? And obviously, yeah, you know, Republicans criticizing you know, X, yeah, obviously that could be part of the story, but that shouldn't be the main focus of whatever you're talking about. It should be what they're reacting to. And, and obviously, and I don't know why, but they still use pounce and seize. And, and this is like after it's become a meme, dude, it's like, because, yeah, I, and so I, I have to think that they're doing this on purpose just because they know it'll get attention because we're looking for it. I look for it and I will, I will pose it on Twitter, like conservatives pounce or conservative seize. Like, what are we doing today? Uh, but I don't, I don't know. So, so the, the, the big problem is framing that, that, that's, that's the big problem, man. I mean, and there's a way, there's a way to do it. Everybody, everybody has their own biases. Like, dude, I was literally, I was literally just talking to Jim Laporta, the NatSec reporter from Newsweek today. Yeah. I was like, dude, I can never be a journalist because my opinion is out there. I, I wear my opinion on my sleeve. Like I have no problem writing about my opinion. And I, I am more than capable of writing dispassionately about certain issues. NatSec is an e national security is an easy topic to write dispassionately about. Um, but yeah, man, I, 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 I wear it all. I, I put it out there for the world. I wear it on my sleeve. Um, it's not like I try, you know, I don't, I don't hide it. Some, some of these reporters, man, some of these journalists, they love to, they love to say I'm, I'm a journalist. I take no sides, but like you said, it, it framing's everything. But and it's always been around. But I think it's just become far more prevalent and, and your spot and, because they can get away with it. Yeah, and and it's also and also Twitter. That's the bad thing about Twitter is because because obviously it's not the town hall's account. It's my account, right? Yeah. So 
it's my my brand and 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 everyone wants to build their brand and yeah that's good but then there there are bad ways to build that and because you have Aaron Rupar over at Vox and and I don't I I don't yeah I know I'm using him as an example because he 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 does what I he, he he does what I do and do from time to time is posting video clips of whatever now, usually the way I do it, except for like the vice thing, because that was like, there's no way to just be just objective about this because that was really stupid. But when I started things out, I would literally just post, you know, who it was and what they said. No commentary, no nothing, because that I have kind of made mistakes before in the past because, you know, people do misspeak and they do, you know, say things that are weird and you can interpret it in different ways sometimes. So usually just to avoid all that, like, look, I'm just the messenger for this. This is what they said. This is who they are and whatever. And then that's how, you know, yeah, technically, you know, I'm getting ratioed on my tweet, but obviously it's not me. It's there. People are just really, really upset at what this person said, where you look at Rupar and he posts what's happening, but then he, he's always adding his own opinion and stuff like that. And that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care as long as, as long as you're being not disingenuous or you're not being a total hack about it, or you're being wrong. Like sometimes it's just flat out wrong. And, and like with, Northam's, you know, abortion, you know, keep them comfortable comment and, and how whenever Trump would talk about that and Rupert would be like, oh, Trump's lying about what Northam said. It's like, the no. The video was there, man. The video is right there. there. Right. So it's like, look, I don't, I don't care if you're at, like, my, I don't, I'm not upset that he adds his opinion to it. It's just that sometimes he's just fact, factually wrong on what he's trying to dunk on. And that, and that goes for anybody. And that, that, go, that goes for anybody. It's just like, yeah, I, I don't, and this is, you know, people don't have a problem with their opinion. This is like, just as long as they're honest about it and upfront about it, and as long as it's an informed opinion, not just some random thing you pulled out in your back pocket. No, you're absolutely correct, dude. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's getting harder. Well, it's, it's actually getting easier to spot bias in media reporting, but it is what it is. Yeah. All um, right, dude, I don't want to keep you too late. We had you for an hour. This was fun, man. Oh yeah, no, we, I, I gotta get you back on. What I'll do is I'm I'm gonna start competing with like now that you're 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 doing the the cable rounds. I'll start competing for your appearances. Like when something big happens that you cover, I'm gonna be like, listen, I'll raise Tucker's offer of of getting to, <laughs> to finally find out what he smells like. Which in my in my mind, he smells like fine tobacco and Dracar Noir. Like, that's what I have, like, what, what does Tucker smell like? That's what he looks like he smells like. But I'm going to try to outdo that and uh, outbid him. You know, it, it, listen, it's the after-action review, man. It's the big time. It's the big lease. Well, because well, here's the thing. Like, like, obviously, I'm big in, like, political Twitter, but, like, you're, you're pretty well plugged into mill Twitter. And that's a, that, you know, that's a good and bad thing because yeah, political Twitter is far more impressed than mill Twitter and mill Twitter hates me, by the way. They well, no, hate I, me. Well, that's, that, that's why I said you're plugged in, not popular. That's, no, that's, they do. They, they really dislike me. And I, I, cause well, I, well, that's active, because mill Twitter is full of a bunch of liberals and, and they're yeah. all and on accounts. And it's like, look, I, know, I get, man. I get, you don't, I get there's DOD regulation and it's, it's weird. Cause like for reservists, like there's, there's different rules for us. Right. Um, but you know, it's yeah, like, I'm a state employee. Like I'm not a federal, like I'm an employee of the state of Ohio and, and you're so allowed to, cause I don't, I don't make, yeah, I, I, I have my background, but it's not like, 
as a Green Beret, I think gay marriage is morally reprehensible or something, you know, just, I don't share like bad takes, like, yeah. And say like, as a Green Beret, like I, I don't try to do it like under the context of wearing the uniform, like. Right. And, and, and that's why, you know, that's why I do like to, and that's why, you know, my, that's why my Twitter profile picture is not me at the range that one day. Mine is. Well. <laughs> I like the way I look. Well, that, and that's, that, that's perfectly fine. It, well, that's Plus, the everybody ultimate. thinks I'm faking. Everybody thinks I'm a faker. Well, if they just disagree with me. They're like, you're the, fake. Well, the reason why I didn't follow you for a long time is because didn't you like Photoshop that bang energy drink in? Yeah, I did. That was yeah, back when I was standing bang, dude. Yeah, well, and so I was looking at it. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I was like, well, that's a Photoshopped image. I'm, I'm, I was, I don't, that doesn't seem very trustworthy. Now, nah, dude, you got to get and, that. Oh, that was bad before my, my takes had, I don't have clout. I have a little bit of clout, but it's very limited. And yeah, back then, man, like I was trying to, I was trying to push this phenomenal product that I loved. And all I was hoping for was maybe a little, just a little corporate sponsorship. Cause they'd sponsor all these, they call them athletes. And oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's literally women in bikinis lifting at a gym and they take a photo like holding yeah. bang. And they're like, Instagram. oh, I'm getting Instagram. my workout in. Like, no, you're literally wearing a bikini inside a public place. Like, you look ridiculous right now. Um, it's not even like, oh, like a sports bra and leggings. Like, no, you're like wearing a bikini. And then like the male athletes are just taking glamour shots. They're like, it's weird, dude. So I'm like, hey, we have a product here that I know was popular in the military. Like, let's let's make something happen. Let's Let's outdo Monster and make Bang the official energy drink of hitters. And they ignored me, dude. They must hate the troops. I know, man. Or, they or, they, or they just don't like Army, which I totally get. I, I, I'll see. Well, also, I'm going to see if I can get a Bang sponsorship. If and you get a Bang sponsorship, it's not because of Branch. It's because you have the, the, the I have as many followers as I do. And, and I got the blue check. Secondly, I will protest Bang actively. And I would drink nothing but rain. Their direct competitor, manufactured by Monster, the superior product, by the way. And <laughs> so don't even don't even try that, man. I, you want to grill a war, dude? I'll I'll give you a war of attrition. Oh, jeez. I will. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just but a MacTaf planner, so I, I don't know any about that unconventional warfare. Dude, I'll, I'll I'll go full guerrilla warfare. You, you, you I have over three. I have over three hundred confirmed kills. I graduated the top of my class. My in class Navy in Navy SEALs. Navy, Navy SEALs. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did you say to me, you little shit? <laughs> you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Dude. No. This is uh. This is good. We should we should definitely do this again sometime. Dude, anytime you want to come on and you got you got a hot button issue, you want you want to come on and and talk Antifa. Because I know this podcast is kind of like geared towards like national security, military issues. But like honestly, man, like the way Antifa does conducts business and things like that, I would absolutely. I would oh, absolutely oh, argue that's a national them, security issue. I, I give I give them credit. They are for as loosely organized as they are. They are very well organized within that loose context. Like it's very it's very interesting. And how and, and it's the one here in D.C. Really quick, the one here in D.C. Uh, when I was coming to protest in July, they were like marching in formation. They they had their phrase. I think they were saying something in Spanish, but uh, but and they were like pretty much all in uniform. With 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 what with what they were wearing, and so they were really acting like a like a small 
tactical unit. Were they saying and, si se puede? No, no, no. It was they said like I think I've, was, I've seen that Disney Channel movie too. <laughs> no, <laughs> they were saying I think it was like I think they're saying like down with capitalism and down with fascism. I think oh. uh, my Spanish is not as great apparently as some of these guys are. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting on how they operate with how very much of a loose structure that they have because obviously there's no you know one national leader or anything crazy like that. So I don't know. It's it's very. It's very interesting, and that's why I find them fascinating, really. It's just they're – yeah. I find them fascinating because whenever they have their mug shots taken, you can smell them through the screen. <laughs> yeah. You, you wonder how they smell? I, I, I know how they smell. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, it's probably, they probably smell similar as I do after a five-day patrol without a shower or anything. No. Not good. Not good. Not, not great, Bob. Not Spicy. Great, Bob. Spicy, spicy. Yeah, spicy, not even bad. Like it, it stings the nostrils. Well, it's from that and the pepper spray that the cops used on them <laughs> to bring them down. Guys, Julio, thanks so much, buddy. This was fun. Oh yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a great time. Great time. So, guys, I'm I'm gonna give me my my uh, usual spiel because I am getting better at this. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, and share it far and wide. Um. If you guys are listening to on it uh, via Spotify or iTunes, give me a five-star review. It really helps. And uh, feel free to, to leave a review. Turns out the After Action Review is now 96th on the Apple Podcasts government category. We are the 96th, pod, 96th largest podcast by viewership. I have no idea if that's big, but uh, they sent me an email about it. So You know what's going to be after my appearance? 95th no it's gonna go it's gonna jump up to 69 69 yeah yeah that's that's very astute quite nice listen it'll be uh even better if you can get me uh just get a clip on like cable news you know something that makes me look good you know what i'm saying be like like next next appearance you do like on tucker just be like don't take my word for it take my very handsome and hot take having friends Nick's word on it and just roll the tape and then there here I am like wearing flannel or a boogaloo shirt and be like you have to listen to him because he's a green beret (laughs) he's got a very basic education he does not have any advanced degrees he's not known in any in any important circles, but my goodness, he has a green hat on top of his head. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, we'll have you on, man. Like anytime, seriously, just let me know. Be like, Oh, Nick, Antifa is acting all squirrely. I want to talk about it. I'll be like, yes, we absolutely talk about Antifa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. All right. Take it easy.